Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. Today we're going to take it to the next step in our How We Work series. And we're going to talk about, not code yet, we're not there yet, but <laughs> design and wireframing and uh, why we feel it's important to do that before we start diving into the, the code, which as a developer, we probably view as the fun part. <laughs> so just to, uh, to set some context in case maybe you haven't listened to previous episodes, um, we're at the point in the project where we've, we've, qual we've qualified the client. They're good for us to work with. Our, everything lines up there. We've scoped the project, given them an estimate, it's been accepted. So now you're, you've got your, your first payment, your kickoff, or however you do payments. And um, what's the very next thing you do? Start Draw coding. Paper. Oh. <laughs> start, start coding. Yeah, that is, um, boy, that's that's where I really want to go. But we're, we're going to exercise restraint. And we've learned why it's important to actually spend some time doing some upfront planning, design wireframing. But I guess before we dive into that, Aaron, I want to call out one important thing. Okay. And I, I know I said it in the context, but I'm going to repeat it for emphasis. This is not spec work. This is not part of the sales process. This is part of the paid work. This is extremely valuable work right. and the client should be paying for it. So I'm just getting that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important then to kind of define what we're talking about because you made a joke about writing on paper, which you might do as part of this process, mm -hmm. but really what is, what is wireframes, mockups, prototypes, what are all those different things? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I will, I'll also acknowledge that for the sake of this conversation, we're going to define it the way that we define it. But it's one of those things where it has each one of those has kind of like a little bit of a different definition. It's like when you say unit testing, you're like, okay, right. yeah. unit, unit testing, but do you mean unit testing, integration testing, end to end testing, smoke that, you know, and you're like, I don't know, the one that I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so the, the definitions here really are, um, we, first of all, we have wireframe, which the idea is that it's really just supposed to be wires sort of defining something. So it's single line drawn sort of thing. And now that might be on paper, but more mm -hmm. likely it's going to be in some sort of tool that draws like a black and white, um, representation of, of your thing. So it doesn't have colors, just black and white. It's just squares, it's shapes. You know, if you're using a bootstrap input versus a material design input, it, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you that you it just shows know. an, yeah, it just shows an input. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the concept here is that these are reasonably fast to make and that they can provide the first level of visualization of how a process should flow and what information is gathered. Yeah. It's not about um, the designs. And so we want to be careful with our clients too, because a lot of our clients are more visual um, than, you know, programmers who have more, you know, uh, numbers and, and <laughs> you know, and code in their head. Mm -hmm. um, and so we uh, don't want to distract them with designs, right? We want them to kind of agree on the whole process and the data so that we can start coding and also then work on designs, right? Right. Um, so wireframes are just something very basic. And sometimes you have to educate your client on what actual wireframe is. Um, and then the output of that is, you know, what's possibly clickable. It's probably more of a PDF sort of thing like that. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking specific tools because the tool is is less important than the process. But like the, the one we use, the wireframes actually look 
as if they were hand drawn. They're kind of, you know, it looks like it was drawn with a pencil on graph paper. Mm-hmm. And but but to your point, Aaron, it's it's to very clearly communicate this is not a final design. This is literally right. just like the shape of the page and where the information goes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then when we're looking at something like a design, um, we move to the next step, which is like a mock-up, it's called. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's like your wireframe, but it's uh, it's got colors on it. It's, it might follow, follow the style guide. Um, it's going to be much more fleshed out and it's going to like look kind of like the thing will look. Um, a lot of times in wireframes, you'll have like a general idea of what the square shape of, let's just say, a mobile viewport is. But in the mock-up, it'll be the actual size of the mobile viewport and everything's kind yeah. of kind of how it's going to look. Um, and so there's very different levels of functionality that can happen in something like that. But that's something that you might work on or maybe a designer will work on or whatever. But it's really the next step and kind of says, this is kind of now the design. Now it's time, time to start getting feedback on how these things will look and, and, and stuff like that. And so why would you choose one versus another? Like I, I, I typically would reach for the wireframe first, but can you think of times when you've gone maybe more to a mock-up earlier in, in the process? Yeah, I usually will go with a wireframe if it's a brand new project and I have a lot of work to do and spec, spec out. Um, or I might go with a wireframe if it's a project that I've consistently worked on and demonstrated. I, I understand the styles and the style guide and I don't need to spend the time there. I'll go with a, a mock-up more so if it's maybe either a smaller project like that I can pump it out pretty fast mm-hmm. um, or if it's um, maybe a, a design change um, where I'm the lead designer on something, which is yeah. not not very often. <laughs> um, okay. and, I mean, the other uh, thing is that uh, wireframes are much, much faster to create. I mean, you can make arguments about like whether you know your tool set or not, but with wireframes, you put a box somewhere, you know, and then if you put a button, it's a button. It doesn't have which state of color is this, you know, is it the primary, right, yeah. is it a secondary button? It's just a button. Yeah. Um, and so you can, you can kind of churn those out faster. One, one other thing I like about the wireframe is that in addition to the speed benefits you mentioned, it sort of focuses you on what, what's really important at that stage. Cause if, if you build a full mock-up, the, the customer, the stakeholder might get kind of hung up on like, well, why are we using this font? Or like the spacing seems a little weird, you know, like yeah, the right. details that they're important, but it's not, like, they're not important at that stage in the project versus, well, what, what information do we want to collect on registration yeah. versus like what shade orange is this button? Not important enough to hold up the project. Yeah, exactly. So those, those things are important. We'll get back to them later. But um, for, for the start of the project, that's that's secondary at this point. And then there's a, there's a third sort of level here, which is something that you know can be called a prototype. Mm-hmm. And so a prototype might actually be some sort of code um, that runs or something that provides interactivity or something like that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be code, but it's maybe also not the final product's output either. So let's just say you're going to create something, you know, in view, you might still still use quick HTML and some jQuery or something to throw something together to kind of show like what something's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like a third step, a final step, if especially you're trying to um, demonstrate the workflow from step to step to step, how things flow, things like that, which maybe um, can't be always reflected exactly. Um, you know, things like what type of animation are we going to see? You, right, you really yeah. can't do that in a flat screen, but you can do that with a prototype or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty rare that, that uh, we'll do those sort of things, but that is something that you might need. Um, or you might just pick portions of your project to prototype out to demonstrate. 
yeah, you pick pick the tool that you need for for that client, that project, and that that phase. I know one of the other things we've found, and maybe we can shift gears a little bit to why this is valuable before you get into the coding is, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you could just say, well, I wrote a scope document. I explained what's covered and what we're doing. <laughs> like, why do you need to see boxes on a paper? But um, some people do need that. Like, like I know, Aaron, you were bringing this up before when we were talking about it, that this is something you found value in, just different styles of communication. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's different styles. Some people are more visual, visual, some more, uh, more written. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I'll, I'll tell you that um, uh, none of us actually read everything. Oh, even when on. we say, even <laughs> when we say we do. Uh, so your client, you know, is not going to read every, I mean, they'll look at it, but they may not necessarily read it, you know? And yeah. it's like, you also have to understand depending on who the client is too, they have a different mindset um, they maybe are not great detailed people. We're programmers because we're detailed usually. Uh, and maybe we don't do good in sales and that type of, you know, sort mm-hmm. of um, mentality. They're in the sales positions and they're in, the, you know, the vision positions and all those different things too, um, because they maybe don't work that well with the details, you know? So um, you have to understand there's different types of people, there's different communication styles, but even with the same type of people, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, even when you're you're Joel and Aaron and you're discussing something <laughs> and you guys both know exactly what you want to build for the like the mastering Laravel.io um, website, when you actually wireframe it out, the other person goes, Oh, that wasn't what I had in mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's a hundred different ways to build a feature. And so um not only is it good to like finalize that structure with the client to avoid scope problems or, oh, what about this thing I thought I was getting that I'd never planned on building? But just like as the developer, it really kind of drives out in your mind, here is exactly what I'm building. So when when you then get to the code, it's a lot easier and, and it's easy to chunk up your work, maybe even to do some kind of planning, like here's what I think I can get done this week. Um, so it, there's a whole lot of benefits for, for investing this time up front. And, and in regard to planning, uh, so it's so easy like to sit down at PHP Storm or whatever your 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 code editor is and just start cranking out features. You know, I'm going to write some migrations. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, but working backwards from a wireframe, it's it's really a nice way of dividing up units of work, especially if you're not the only person on the project. You know, mm-hmm. maybe Aaron, you're going to work on this form. Joel, you're going to work on this form. Or maybe there's even a complex element in the form that could be broken out and one person could go go off and focus on that and the other person could do the the boring plumbing work to get that set up. <laughs> but having those wireframes, it's it's like a visual checklist for, for creating the tasks and planning it out. And, and I know we're going to get into more detail on how we specifically do our planning in a future episode, but just wanted to call that out as another nice benefit of wireframing. So I like looking at packages of food or just anything like everyone else is on their phone, like, you know, scrolling through stuff. I'm still that person that goes back to the, you know, nineties when we didn't have phones and then you would read the, the, the um, well, we had phones, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> we'd read the package of cereal when you're eating or, oh, okay. or um, I, I don't know if you've done this, been in the shower and, and we're like, I don't want to get out of the shower, but also, what am I doing here in the shower? So you start to read the shampoo container. Rinse, like, oh. lather, repeat. Yeah. And what are all these eights and eights? And this all sounds horrible. And good thing I'm putting that on my scalp. 
you know what um, I, I just just to interject uh yeah along these lines at a restaurant nothing to do reading the ketchup bottle on the table too that's mm-hmm. another one that i've it, it resonated with me when you were talking about this well and speaking of that i don't know if if you're like me but i notice at the restaurants when i go to read the menu like new restaurant especially i'll look through the menu and read all the the stuff in the menu but the first time through it's just more for show like I've never actually seen anything on this menu. I don't know what it is, but I'll like I look at all the stuff and be like, oh, and then I'll be like, oh, what do I want? I have no idea what's on the menu. And then you have to go back and actually like look at it again. Are you like that? Um, a little bit. Like, or are you normal? I guess, <laughs> no, no. A, uh, it's like maybe a little too overwhelming on the first pass. Or yeah, um, if it's a place I've been to many times, I'll look at it, but I know I'm gonna get the thing I always <laughs> get. <laughs> it's like, why am I wasting anybody's time here? Um, but yeah, I can yeah. relate to that. So anyway, I'm reading packages the other day. Uh, and I'm looking at uh, this sort of lemonade Mio type stuff that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, like, let's be realistic. It obviously has artificial flavors um, because it's makes a full tasting lemonade type drink out of like four droplets of weird goop. <laughs> yep. Like right. that's not normal. Right. Mm-mm. So it has, so this lemonade has artificial flavors. Um, and then um, I was also, and this is, sounds weird, but I was also polishing my f- table and I was using furniture polish because I've kind of really messed it up with some grease. And so I cleaned it off and I'm using furniture polish and I'm like, wow, this really smells like lemons. And so I decided to read that and it has real lemon extract in it, which I think seems weird that the things we're putting in our body is all fake and then it's mm-hmm. like oh well um this thing don't eat furniture polish by the way but it has real lemons and what the, what's going on here yeah it, it, it seems a little backwards i agree <laughs> okay or I, one more thing about a restaurant scenario okay okay fine we're going back to that um yeah you are ordering your food and maybe your meal your entree comes with a salad oh what salad dressings do you have and they'll list off 10 and you'll always just pick whatever the last one is because there's so many of them. It's like, I can't even remember the first ones, but that last one sounded good. Are you looking for 15 tips to make your Laravel project better? I can't help you there, but we do have a book with 17 tips and the book is free. You can download it at nocompromises.io slash tips. 